Hi, I'm Dr. Gil Wilshire. I'm a board-certified physician, surgeon, and reproductive endocrinologist. Welcome to my series of podcasts where we discuss medical matters that matter to you. I'll be interviewing top experts in their fields, and we'll also be delving into fascinating backstories from deep within the world of medicine. Welcome to the Dr. Gill Show. This is the show where we talk about medical matters that matter to you. Our guest today is Mr. Ty Lathan. Welcome to the show, Ty. How's it going, Gil? Oh, wonderful to be able to sit down and talk to you today. Yes, so, so very happy to be here. A very special day. So, Ty, I interview people on this show with all kinds of titles and degrees and letters after their names. Mm-hmm. But you win, my friend. Ty is a master combat sports trainer and coach. I like to think so. Oh, man, that's the best. I would trade at least four or five initials after my name <laughs> to be master <laughs> combat sports trainer. That is so cool. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So you're also an NCAA All-American? Mm-hmm. Where did you, was that wrestling? That was wrestling, yeah, yeah. collegiate Where? wrestling. Uh, University of Central Missouri, uh, Mournsburg, under Justin Ensign, who's coaching at Oklahoma City University now. And I did that nine years ago. So I was 21. I was a junior in college. In what weight class? 165. 160. What's that? 70 kilos? What is that? Uh, about probably like set, probably like 75 kilos. Like so right that's, that's Division One, right? That's Division Two. Division, Division two, two, but you're still an All-American wrestler yes, from the beginning. Fantastic. Yes. Now you also are the one of the members of the USA Beach Wrestling World Team. Oh yeah. That's very cool. That's way cool. I understand you just came back from Romania. Yeah, Constanta, Romania, right there on the Black Sea. Wow, on the beach in the Black Sea. So yep, you're, yep, you're yep. competing against all these badass mofos from around the world. Azerbaijan, India, Portugal, France, Romania, Bulgaria, Hungary, Ukraine, Where wrestling Norway, goes all the way back. Everywhere. Everywhere. Wow, everywhere. wow. And you did pretty well, I guess. I took eighth in the world. Eighth in the world. I took eighth in the world. Does that make you number one in the United States? It, it does make me number one in the United States, in, which is pretty cool. In 80 kilograms. Yes, 80 kg. I'm really interested in the history of uh, wrestling, and I understand it goes way, way back. Um, way maybe even before it did in the East. Maybe it was even um, well-established in the Middle East and, and around the Mediterranean maybe mm-hmm. thousands of years ago. So I think, I think there's a lot of places of origin. Uh, officially, it's the oldest documented sport in human history. Around 3000 BC in Egypt, there are some tablets they found with like wow. wrestling techniques, like you know, high C single legs and stuff we do today, and like throws uh-huh. that you're like, oh. I know what that is. That that makes sense. We do that move right now. That's a lat drop, or that's a hip right. toss, or that's a double leg, and and you know it'd be interesting to find out what their their rules were, because uh-huh. because there's so many different rules, right? Like original Egyptian folk style. Uh, yeah, and then it then it came through Greece through Pancration, right? Yep. <laughs> and, and, well, and and wrestling, wrestling. They so the uh-huh. original Greek Greek Olympiad had wrestling and Pancration. So I think Pancration more uh-huh. close to MMA, like ish, you know. Uh, we're wrestling probably they didn't have the strikes I, I would guess um, 
you know, and that's, you know, I don't know, 1000 BC to 500, 400, 300 BC in in that range. And then you have like India at the same time developing their own style of wrestling. And you have like China developing their own style of wrestling. And then, of course, we go to Japan and we have jujitsu, judo, Judo. right, which is which is all wrestling. Um, I learned something really interesting lately from a uh, an individual who studies quite a bit of kung fu. Uh, a lot of the kung fu forms where, where you see where they like push sweet pull that hmm. looks very maybe flowy and not applicable as much right right his words to me were kung fu is 90 percent wrestling he's like the push pull stuff you're seeing they're doing it very upright for forms for show so you know because uh-huh. it's to show people but if you were to apply it It'll be much more in a hunched, wrestling, guarded, drive, push, pull, attack. And specifically, I'm thinking of one, and I almost can't. Here, we got, we got, we got film. Sure, you sure. Know, where they kind of do this, this very push-pull, flowy attack. Yeah, and Tai Chi as well. If, if I were to see that, it's really I'm pushing on the upper body, right? I'm right. pushing on the upper body, sweeping mm-hmm. down, hooking a leg, and now I have a single leg. And now I go finish you from a single leg. And, you know, you kind of see that in Muay Thai, even though they're striking. You uh-huh. see a lot of grappling, very similar. So it's interesting, but it also probably makes a lot of sense that it would be a very worldly martial art or sport, right? You need, right. To, you need to find a way to protect yourself and mm. to train your warriors. And we can't do so in a way where we're just beating each other up and we're injured all the time. Right. So then you find efficient ways to train, to defeat your enemy, to then maybe develop a sport as well, which which builds our populace. You know, I I think I think in ancient times it would have been so much more worldly applicable and just like, oh, yes, we all wrestle. Whereas now it's Hmm. like, oh, no, we scholastically wrestle or, you know, you're in the this MMA club or jujitsu is different wrestling with more positions. You know what I mean? I see. I see. So help me discern or differentiate these various types of martial arts. Yes. We have, let's say we have wrestling. There in the Olympics, there's Greco-Roman and freestyle. Can you help me? What's the difference between those two, please? Okay, yeah. So uh, simply put for Greco-Roman, you cannot touch the legs. Okay, so that, that, that makes that's it. That's why they're upright. That's like why that. they're upright and they're more, they're more here, you know, uh-huh. instead of down low with their heads low. Um, and that seems to have a lot of applicability when you come into, say, a mixed martial arts forum, right? Because now you're used to being so upright as is, and strikes kind of lead to upper body clinches a lot. So you see a lot of, like we're seeing now with a lot of the high-level European and Chechnyan-type wrestlers that are very, very good at Greco, transitioning to MMA very well, right? Because we're already so used to that. Freestyle, you're allowed to attack the whole body. Okay. Um, Where it would differ from American folk style, because American folk style, we can attack the whole body, and that's what most people would see, like at school or in college or high school or what have you, or in kids. Uh You can attack the whole body... But it's much more of a takedown battle. Um, you start on your feet, you get a takedown, and then if 10 seconds goes by and there's not a turn, the ref brings you back up. Um, there's a couple other rules where, honestly, fight applicability 
freestyle probably has the least because you don't have to exhibit control to obtain points. So, but how about the pin though? But you win with a pin. Win with a pin. But once you get to the very, very high level, how often does a pin happen versus a takedown? And I'm going to roll you. you. Points. And and like in uh, American folk style, actually, I think translates very, very well to fight applicability. Say MMA or in the real world for self defense, because it's or jujitsu. Very high translation to jujitsu, because there's such an emphasis on controlling your opponent. Whereas in freestyle, I can roll you. And just kind of roll you through and nothing really happens. And oh, two points. Gotcha. Uh, and in, say, American folk style, half Nelson, I got to hold you one, two. Now I got two points. So there's gotcha. a, it's a little different in that respect. And you get highly rewarded in American folk style for staying on top and putting your opponent in danger or right. back points, as we say in America. Right. Whereas freestyle, you get that reward, but it's also. So simply easier to take down and not try to put them in danger as much. Gotcha. So help me with these other types of wrestling. There's yes, catch yeah. wrestling. Yes. There's shoot fighting. There's trap fighting. Um, what is, what is trap? What is catch wrestling? So, what is trap fighting? This, these are good questions. So, um, catches, catch can catch wrestling. I know a little bit about, uh, the other ones. Maybe I'm not going to know the rule set. So perfect. But seemingly, the goal of all of them is to figure out a martial art of positioning. How can I outposition my opponent without strikes, right, to to deal damage, but then still put them in a dangerous position? If this were a fight, I'm going to be the victor. So catches, catch, can wrestling. Think mix American folk style with the heavy control element. And yes, there is a pin. Uh, but also some some submissions like in jujitsu, uh, and where maybe IBJJF jujitsu rules don't allow you to do certain holds, bicep slicers, calf slicers, and such. You yeah. c- those come from catches catch can wrestling. Yeah, what I've seen with catch wrestling, they've got these things called it is cranks. In- oh, it's intense. Oh, I mean, you don't go to sleep. You no, scream. you you're, 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 you're crazy. You right, right. You go out in pain. It's like stop. You start <laughs> weeping. <laughs> you tap for a different reason. And I think <laughs> I I uh, actually a good friend of mine who's on uh, Team USA's beach wrestling team. Uh, Mike Clark of Kentucky, and he is uh, the University of Louisville's head wrestling coach right now. Uh, one of the 70 kilogram wrestlers. He's going to go to the world championships of catch wrestling in London this spring. And I got invited, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't. I'm not for sure if I'm doing that, right. but but uh, that is it's interesting, right? And uh, right. it seems it seems like there's a pin, so they would award you for just staying in a dominant top position. So they kind of. Uh-huh kill the jujitsu part of pulling guard uh and then there are still submissions right so right. you can maybe be in like a half guard or something and not get pinned and still apply your your bottom uh your bottom submissions from jujitsu but it uh it's, it seems it seems vicious it seems really vicious <laughs> which takes us into the submission wrestling and then the jujitsu world and you've got the Japanese jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. and then you have what the Gracies and the Brazilians did with it, making it a Brazilian flavor of jiu-jitsu. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing uh, lineage there and where, where it has gone and evolved. And I just saw, um, I, I get these little advertisements because Facebook and YouTube, YouTube know what I like. Of course. And it shows the latest 
development in no gi. That's where you don't have any of the uh, of the robe to grab on. No kimonos. The, no kimonos. And this is still evolving. Mm-hmm. The various graphs without a gi. These these I'm seeing leg triangles around the arm, and mm-hmm. it still is developing and and evolving and getting better, which I find just really fascinating. I think. We're at a very interesting time in grappling history, combat sport history, where, you know, in the 90s, we had UFC and MMA really kick off. And then it's kind of taken shape now to having more of a rule set. And then that makes you think about what to do differently, right? Um, When I first came in to coaching uh, wrestling for MMA at Hewlett House here in town, uh, where I work with several pro fighters, one guy who's in the UFC, Darian Weeks, a couple other Bellator-level, LFA-level guys, um, you have to go, okay, sport of wrestling, what can you do? More of, oh, this is an open fight forum, and that's kind of where I came up with the martial art of wrestling more of a truth rather than here are the rules now i'm going to alter it to the rule set so you know in a in a a fight on the street if someone can punch you and you're in a low stance well you're just getting your nose beat up all the time right you got to stand up tall protect your face but still have a good quick down block and you know sprawl to get your feet back and everything else um and and it's quite interesting and then with nogi to kind of add on to what you were saying you know, they're, they're originally seemingly coming from the gi world of jiu-jitsu, at least in the beginning. And it's like, oh, well, there's a no-gi thing. And gi jiu-jitsu seems to be trying, and I could be wrong and a little biased, but seems to be trying to change their rules to keep wrestlers from dominating their world, which makes sense because they have a goal. Their, their goal is to be a submission-fighting sport and, and not emphasize the takedown as much. So then they kind of build their rules such. And, and, that, and that's good. And from that, you get amazing techniques you wouldn't otherwise have, right? Because with the niche disciplines, you get the very high level in that area. Um, Nogi, well, you can't, you can't do your lapel chokes. You can't, you can't do so many things. So it immediately is a much more wrestling hospitable environment. Mm. You see, I'm seeing a lot of great wrestlers transition to that and do very well, very quickly. Sure. Um, And you you have to develop a different style because if you just go wrestle, there's so many things that's going to get you beat from someone who's a good jujitsu artist. But if you just go do jujitsu and you're in a no-gi, there's going to be a lot of stuff you can't do that you could do before. Um, so right now, leg locks you know, seem to be what yeah. everyone does in the world. And, you know, phenomenal. And they don't let you do it in, like, gi jujitsu till you're – I, so your brown belt. I was going to say yeah. a certain level. Dangerous stuff. And I, and I don't come from that world. And my argument would be you should teach it in the beginning because if it's dangerous, now you've waited until they're good, and now you're day one brown right. belt, and also, bah, now your knee's right. blown out. That's not a right. good idea. Right. Right. Um, but, you know, mixing in high-level wrestling with high-level jiu-jitsu, new techniques are going to emerge. So, like, with leg locks, man, if you can hit a good low single – uh, like in wrestling, and uh, drive that into a leg lock because you already kind of have the ankle pinned. Uh, you, now you're in a whole new game that you wouldn't have ever been in before because uh, a low single in gi jiu-jitsu, I found, gets your head choked really quick. Yes, right But now there's, now there's no gi I have to worry about. Well, I can fight your hands and your feet and, and not All worry right. about you grabbing you know, your, uh, your cuff or your pant. Yeah, now I kind of wanted to do a, 
purview of all all uh, martial arts and, and including striking. But I'm gonna feel I'm afraid this is gonna take an awful long time because <laughs> you got your Muay Thai, you got your karate, you got your Taekwondo, you got your uh, you you name it like your kung fu. Sambo. Yeah, oh, oh sambo then. Oh, don't even get me started. Senegalese wrestling. Uh, Yeah, that was another question I want to ask you real quick before I go to the striking. Senegalese wrestling is on a beach. Yeah. They seem like big ass, strong, mean guys. What what is different about Senegalese wrestling and the beach wrestling you're doing? It doesn't seem like much. Okay. It seems like so from what I could tell, and I watched a little bit on it, uh, there's two forms of Senegalese wrestling, one where they're allowed to strike and one where they're not, and I couldn't tell you the name of the difference, okay. but it's basically sand wrestling. It's beach wrestling, and it makes sense because the, the UWW, United World Wrestling, which is the overall arching wrestling entity that does freestyle, Greco, beach wrestling, um, from what I understand, went, hey, you know, we have Senegalese wrestling, we have Indians folk style wrestling, we have, you know, Azerbaijan sand wrestling, all these other forms of wrestling around the world that are basically in sand, dirt, mud, etc. Let's make an internationally aligned style and run with this. And that's seemingly what, what we're doing now. And I think that's really cool because you can unite so many more people that you know, I don't know if they can afford it or not, but it's not easy to have a mat necessarily, but it's relatively simple to go, hey, there's some soft ground. Let's go throw each other around. You know, who yeah. can push you out of the circle? Who can throw who to the ground? Yeah, I've seen uh, videos of jujitsu uh, classes in, in very poor areas, and they have they just have a little tiny mat, yeah. a little square mat so they yeah. can do it because they can't afford a studio. Or fully, yeah, exactly. Uh, mat it out. So what I was getting to with, or I was hoping to go to with pulling in striking arts. Yes. Is I was wondering, what is, what in your opinion is the most effective overall skill set of martial arts for a person to protect themselves? And I want to interject something here. Yes. Where I did my Brazilian jiu-jitsu training, the hour prior was Krav Maga. Okay. And if you don't know, it was, it was invented for the Israeli armed forces just, mm-hmm. just to win. Yes. And get out of my, sticky my, situations. My, my observation, it was gouging eyes, punching in the throat, kicking in the balls, and pulling hair yeah. to win. And it was taught by the karate instructor, too, because it was, it was, he just had to just change what he was striking. And obviously, those things are, are illegal. In, in, in most of the of the you know the the sanctioned yeah, martial yeah. arts, but if somebody comes up and it was also modeled situations, you're sitting in a bar minding your own business, and somebody grabs you out of nowhere, what what do you do with it? So you've got this thing that's ultra practical. So what would you think would be the and and, and this kind of gets into something else I want to talk about. Let's say you have a kid, uh-huh. right? And you want to train him, you want him to learn. You know, what's most practical in life? To defend oneself, do you think? I think I would then ask, because if we're talking a kid or an adult or a surgeon, right? right. I, would, I would then ask other exploratory questions to say, well, where where are you at in life currently? You know, what situations may you find yourself in? What are you able to commit to training time, right? Because mm-hmm. that's going to play a lot into it. 
Um, I run my clinics that I run myself, Martial Art of Wrestling is what I've coined them to be. Uh, it's under Get Tie Fit. Um, I run them out of a Krav Maga studio in town, uh, Jaguar Self-Defense with uh, Jesse Beebe owns it. Um, and I've seen some of his classes and my fiance has done some Krav Maga at some other places. I think for, say, an average person on the street, doing a little bit of jujitsu to understand if someone is on top of you, because if you're a woman, more than likely, it'll be a larger man that's coming after you. Yeah. You're not going to outstrength them. It's going to have to be something else, right? Using their energy against them. So having something where we're on our back in a bad situation is going to be beneficial. Having a proficiency in some strikes, not to go beat someone up, but to get distance mm -hmm. from the attacker, right? right? I think that becomes vitally important. Some good martial art of wrestling to ultimately do the same thing. I don't want to get taken down. I want to get space between me and my attacker and get out of the situation, right? The fight you don't gotcha. have is the best fight. So then where I do like Krav Maga as an idea for exactly what you said of the scenarios of practicality. So, you know, of the techniques, what's the best techniques? I would say to an average person, you're not gonna practice any techniques enough to be proficient at them because that's right. relatively difficult. Right. So then I think, how do we do the most for the least amount of time? How do you defend yourself, equip yourself with the most potential defensibility versus an average assailant? Well, your average assailant probably isn't trained and but he's probably a bigger or multiple or and it's probably or, in the real or world. drunk or on pcp or, right it, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's what you're dealing with so then yeah. i like the idea of you know maybe it's not the best techniques we could argue that which whatever uh but certainly the best scenario training would be a high level krav maga self-defense mma studio that would maybe talk about a self-defense scenario um, my fiance, Lauren Kage, is working with multiple entities to develop this program called the Valkyrie Program. Um, she was recently in an, uh, a situation where she had to use some of these, you know, these techniques we're talking about right now to get out of some sticky situations. And she lives with me and has done quite yeah. a bit of Krav Maga and is like strong, trained, you know, uh, woman. But a lot of people aren't even to her level. And with what she had to deal with, it was a very tough, sticky situation. So she wants to develop this program to do what you're talking about, to arm citizens with correct self-defense and correct knowledge within themselves and kind of get to younger girls and go, hey, this isn't a masculine thing. This is you must defend yourself because we live in a physical reality with other physical beings that may want to do harm to you at some point. So even if it's the off chance that it might happen, I think it's like one in five women are going to deal with something like this. Right. You must defend yourself somewhat, right? So I would call it a life skill, just like cooking and reading. Changing your oil. Changing your oil is just something you got to know. Same thing. Now, people say, oh, I just, I just carry a handgun. And I would argue, even with a handgun, you better be trained. You better be, have spent time on the range. You better know how to oil your piece, keep it up. To, you better be able to get to it. You better have your concealed carry permit if you're in a state that requires that. Mm -hmm. Somebody attacks you and it's in the holster, 
you got to have some other options. If, you know, if I'm going to have a fight with someone, any right. fight in the world, right. I, I'm a grappler first and, a, and would strike second. My goal is to go out and touch someone. If I can touch you, right. you're probably going to be on the ground, right? Right. Because I'm strong there. Right. Uh, so then I would extrapolate and go, well, if an uh, individual is coming at you, they're probably not way over here. They're probably no, they're getting ready to haymaker. They're probably right, right here. How fast right. is your hay? How fast is your pull versus you're what, what, you're probably you're he, probably slower. Right. Unless the gun's out, unless you train right. all the time. Right. You're probably slower. So you're stuck in a situation where you must be able to figure something out with just your body. And then grab your gun. And then grab your gun, right? Get get distance. Now we can pull, right? If there's no distance, well, you could be the best with it. It kind of doesn't matter at that point. I took it out. You know, I, I, as a, as the attacker, now it is off the table of needing to worry. Yeah. And I might comment, I've seen some things on, on knife fighting. It's so unpredictable mm-hmm. where the knife's going to come from. What You can train, well, how do you defend this? Or how do you defend this? But in the real world, it comes to you like a, like a, knitting, ne- like a, you know, a knitting needle and a mm-hmm. uh, sewing machine, whatever they call it. And, and it's really not possible to train for mm-hmm. all the scenarios. It's very if, dangerous. And if you're not doing the live goes, like you were saying with your craft stuff, how, how do you know? Like even know you don't even know it's there till it's in, yeah there's there's yeah. no way even even with like uh, twenty five years of wrestling and martial arts training on my end I've done not a ton in that world my dad's mm-hmm. a colonel in the army and I've done quite a bit of army combatives with him and you know some self defense uh, handgun training and such I still don't feel like I would be super confident in a situation where there is a lethal weapon. You know, I would yeah. I would know close the distance, make sure the hands stay stay where I can you know see what's going on. But that's that's scary, and I think if it's scary for a trained individual, then it should be extra scary for an untrained individual. Yeah. You know, and it's it's and it's real stuff, and it's yeah, real stuff. Maybe just a little can of mace might be the all of it, be, right? All of right, it, right? Right? All right. of it. Have have yourself. Uh, self-trained, right? Have yourself mentally, physically trained, have some training, whatever it can. Maybe it's once a week. Maybe it's once sure. a week in an MMA gym, right? Maybe it's once a week with a one-on-one trainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, here, two, two for one. Uh, yeah. we, all, we all need to do physical training for our health, right, Doc? So let's get some exercise by doing a martial art. So now you're learning a skill. So we're working our brain. We're working our body, right? And we're training ourselves for defense for a potential bad situation. Yes. Three in one, even better. That's the perfect segue into the next subjects I wanted to cover. Let's say you have a a, a kid. And I always remembered in school, the wrestlers didn't get picked on, you know? Not often. Not often. Yeah. The big football players and the wrestlers, nobody picked on it. Yeah. And another rule of thumb, by the way, you don't have the horrible cauliflower. Just ears. a little bit. You got a little side. hint. Yeah, yeah. A little hint, but you see somebody. I got the other stuff. You go with a guy with cauliflower ears. I don't care. Stay if away. Stay away. Just, just don't mess with them. They'll kick your ass. Yeah. And what's nice, another quick, quick comments here, is that people who are in martial arts are generally really good people. It seems right. like that. Right? It seems like the majority. 100%. Yeah. Like but I am still friends with a lot of the guys I met uh, doing jujitsu because they were there for all the right reasons. Yeah. And another thing that maybe the general populace doesn't understand is that fighters, successful ones, are not meatheads. 
They are smart, intelligent, fast thinking, mm-hmm. fit, um, trained people. And these are, are attributes that apply to anything or any success in life, you know? So let's go about, uh, we're going to make it into health and fitness eventually, I promise you. Oh, let's no say you're ra- Let's say you're raising, a, you have a kid, mm-hmm. little six-year-old kid. Boy, girl, doesn't matter. Most fights in the, in the schoolyard, right, yeah. end up on the ground, right? Yeah. yeah. End up on the ground. So it seems like some kind of wrestling or, or uh, jujitsu or something would be the first thing you'd want a kid to learn. Is that, is that make sense? If I could start with, yeah, like say a fresh six-year-old, five-year-old, yeah, I would say learn your body seems to be the most important. So I'm going to say gymnastics or tumbling. And I never Love did. It. And I never did that. St. Pierre, George St. Pierre. He's does all about gymnastics. it. Still does as a gymnastics yeah. coach. Uh, I have some martial artists I work with that commit as adults to learning this stuff. Um, my aunt, Kristen Lathan, was near Olympic level, went to world championships uh, for gymnastics. And then she's probably 12, 13 years older than me. Uh, and then seeing her, and then when I got into wrestling, seeing the handful of kids that did gymnastics beforehand, they understand their body. They can already, they have body weight proficient movements, right? So I think gymnastics, and then, yeah, wrestling. Uh, wrestling because it is, I think, when we talk about a fight, I think good martial art of wrestling mechanics are the best mechanics for anything else you're going to do. Seemingly what I found through discovery with working with MMA fighters and very striking dominant dudes where mm. we'll do one-on-one stuff and I think they come to me going, oh, I'm going to learn how to wrestle. And really, my, my problem solving is I want to make you the best. If you're already a really good striker, I'm not going to just go make you the like a wrestler now because it's, it's not what you gravitate towards. you know. Now, maybe it worked out that you become a good wrestler but if we have good wrestling, like this six-year-old that now did gymnastics, right, for a year or so, and then now has a good wrestling background, how do you how do you lose to another six-year-old? Like that's that's a like for real. Like that would be a tough it would be a tough battle for anyone to go against someone who now knows their body through gymnastics or something like that, and then knows how to fight on the ground a little bit, you know, maybe right. get off the ground or keep pressure on someone. And then if we go to an early age striking martial art, uh, Brandon Zachiri, one of the people that first got me into jiu-jitsu, which it was in a gi, which is kind of funny. Uh, he said taekwondo. And I, that kind of took me by surprise because right. I was, because I think taekwondo, maybe not the highest level martial art when we cross them all together, but his reasoning was, and almost maybe my reasoning for gymnastics early, is you develop this high kick that seemingly no other martial art does quite like they do. And he's like, if you don't figure that out at a young age, develop that at an older age, that flexibility, range of motion gets so difficult. And I was like, very interesting, very interesting. So if you can develop whatever base human movement attributes would be needed is what I would say. So I think gymnastics, wrestling, and taekwondo is where I'm at right now. And it might change. And it might change as I grow. But that, that's what I think for for a beginning fledgling six year old, five year old. Fantastic. And, and uh, 
obviously if, if you get a little kid and you're running them around doing lots of sports they're oh, gonna yeah. get fit oh yeah that's an easy one and, and they're gonna love it and their brain's gonna develop well and you're gonna keep it fun right i don't think you should take a six-year-old and be like you're gonna be the best at this that should never ever be the intent it's like we're gonna teach you good things and then you'll end up finding your direction and we'll, and we'll go from there have fun yeah and probably, probably that probably goes through the whole uh lifespan right Dude, if it's not fun, why are we doing it? Why are we doing it? Why are we right, doing right, it? Yeah, right, if it's right. un, if it's unenjoyable, right? Not right. that there won't be things you don't enjoy. You have to buy in, but yeah, if I didn't like it, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, it's, so, it's too tough. Otherwise, you know. <laughs> so let's say we have a, a high school kid now, hasn't done much in sports. They're getting bullied. Maybe they're not as as fit as they might be. Is there anything they might do a little differently with a with a team? You know, I don't experience. I don't know if I teach him Taekwondo as a teen. I think the reasoning for that would have been, like we said, just the body movement. I think I'm going to teach him how to wrestle. Uh, wrestle and then proficient enough defensive striking, right? And proficient enough defensive jujitsu. But what I find, kind of like you said, mm -hmm. It's going to end on the ground, but wrestling is something that starts on our feet and then ends on the ground. So most teenagers aren't actually going to know how to fight, but they're going to talk real tough and get in each other's face. And, yeah. puff, and college kids here at Mizzou, the same thing. If you're walking through downtown, ugh, everyone thinks they're, they're big, tough guys. Uh, well, they're going to like bump into you and stuff. If you can like throw them or, you know, when they reach their arm up, you just kind of like go grab their leg. Even if they got buddies, they'll go, whoa. Well, you know, right, right, right. don't mess with this cat. Or, you know, if you talking about the fitness side too, right? Man, if you want to lose weight, wrestling seems to be a cheat code. Like, ah. like I don't, I try to calculate calories and such uh, with that, and I don't even know how you could figure out how to count calories almost with it because I could, I could easily have a thousand calorie practice if not more. You know, and I and I know so many uh, individuals that. The byproduct of coming to wrestling practice, MMA, etc. Um, man, I lost like twenty pounds doing this over the last couple months. I wasn't even trying, and it's like that's right, that's right. So I think with wrestling uh, for a teenager, and it's in school, right? So you can you can go and have a team, and you have probably some buddies that do it. And most jujitsu places probably have a wrestling component. Most MMA places probably have a wrestling component. So you can find it, you know, through a club as well. You can find it through Scholastics. Um, but you're going to learn your body. You're going to learn how to manipulate weight distribution, his energy, my energy. What I mean by energy is like force, push-pull. Mm -hmm. um, and then get out of sticky situations that you maybe were getting bullied before. And you're like, oh, hey, I know, I know a thing or two. And then all of a sudden, maybe confidence even goes up with that. right? Sure. And then the bully backs off. And then other amazing things happen. Uh, I've yeah. done other than teens. I've done this with some twenty-some college kids, you know, that that were not, you know, the super athlete in high school or whatever. But then all of a sudden in college, they are kind of turning around, like, "Hey, I want to learn how to do a martial art." And then the martial art of wrestling comes up, like, "Wow, I really like this wrestling stuff. I saw it in school. I didn't even know what it was." And then and then they get a little fitter because of that. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're talking to girls because of that, and they're 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 getting their it's numbers. Confidence and, boost. Yeah, it changes their you whole stand life. Tall. It, it changes your whole life. Yeah, hundred percent. So now we've got a, 
let's say a fairly healthy adult in their 20s. Yep, yep. Want to get into this kind of stuff for defense and fitness. And do your recommendations change now that you're, you're a young adult? I don't think so. I think I think I would carry through. Um, I I wouldn't do much different. I would. He, here's my here's my overall hypothesis on how to be good at say uh, say fighting like MMA or, or anything. And you could even say just wrestling, and then divide it in the subsections of wrestling. Um, right. You need to be proficient enough defensively to beat any easy attack that would beat an untrained individual. What I mean by this is like, you know, if you're just a wrestler and you step into into jujitsu, you're going to leave your neck out and you're going to get choked, right? You're going to get guillotines undoubled. You're going to post your arm too hard and you're going to get arm barred. Well, once you learn the easy ways you lose, which is probably like 80% of most of it, now they can't beat you. They can't beat you. Now we got a chance to win. So for all these individuals, I would say you need a baseline proficiency for self-defense reasons. Wrestling, jujitsu, and a dynamic striking of some sort. Seemingly Muay Thai would be the best because you're using eight points versus two in boxing, four in kickboxing. I would say probably kickboxing would suffice as well or maybe like a very good karate that would emphasize all all the hit points. And then if we know our base level proficiencies of defense, 80 to 90% of what's going to beat me easily, now I'm not taking heavy damage. And I think this is kind of, if I would study George St. Pierre, this is where I think he comes from. Now I'm not going to lose. If I don't lose, I set myself up to win. I set myself up to win. If it's a fight on the street, I can run away. If it's a match or something, now I can, you know, advance position and then go take his back, take their throat, arm, punch him in the face, you know, pin him, you know, what have you. Now, let's say you've got an older adult who's not so fit, yeah. wants to get into this kind of stuff. Any suggestions for that individual? Let's say they're in their 40s. So this is definitely, it would take a different turn, right? Because now we're looking at it as the risk goes up, right? I think that's the, the main difference is, you know, I have kids and a job that relies on me, my body doing things. So if I, you know, tear a rotator cuff muscle at wrestling practice, you know, I don't get a bonus and kids don't get a nice Christmas, you know. So now, so that's a different, that's a different beast. So then we need to be able to train technique in a way to develop it where it's good and then we need to be able to apply it in live situations and mitigate risk. So I would not, I don't think I would change everything as a whole, but I think I would pay attention to whom I'm going with. Yeah. There's, there's certain individuals and everyone's different. No one's doing it on purpose, but there's certain individuals that you're going to get injured against a higher percentage. And there's certain individuals you're not usually, the better ones are the ones you're not going to get hurt against. Right. They know when to stop. And they know how to move through situations properly. And they understand the mechanics of those. So doing something where you're able to feel these real-world scenarios, be able to increase proficiency of technique and ability, but then not have this high risk of, oh my gosh, this 20-year-old just ripped my elbow off, right? Right. So, you know, you I would think this individual, 40-some-year-old, 50, 60, 
would you would avoid going with the people that are actively competing, right? Because they're there right. for a different reason. You know, they right. need they need to go compete. They need to go win. They need to go take throats, take arms. You would want to find, you know, I would say small group or almost one on one would be the best scenario because you're also running into a time issue where in an open class. You know, the teachers teaching to the 50, 60% of the room, the common denominator. But in a one-on-one -on -one or in a one-on-three small group, you would then kind of find, hey, I need help with this, this, and this. And I kind of know this, but I don't really know this. Let's work through these situations. And then if your coach is pretty good, and I think you could do it for all disciplines. I think it could be any of them. Because you could do mitt work, right? You could do very light touch sparring. You could do rolling in jujitsu or wrestling where we really take a lot of the risk out of it. Um, and then you would also want to think about, you know, recovery time is probably a little bit tougher. And you would not probably insanely, but more so in maybe not even that workout being hard to recover from, but you have other things in your life to worry about. So right. maybe it's a once or twice a week practice versus right. a six days, you know, a week as a 20 year old. Right. I, I think that's the way I would look at it. Try to reduce the risk by getting more one-on-one -on -one coaching. Whomever it may be is probably okay. Someone well-versed in most things would be good. And with that, you're also going to increase your gains, right? Because the one-on-one -on -one coaching, you're going to get better more quickly, and you don't have the time to, the time availability. I think I think that's how I go about it. I would seek out very high-level individuals to learn from to reduce risk and increase ability more quickly. Excellent, because you're addressing this big question: How do you choose an academy or a dojo? Now, I remember in jujitsu, I learned a lot from private lessons. I couldn't afford them necessarily yeah, as, yeah, as yeah. many as I would want. I think you're pointing to the quality rather than quantity. Mm -hmm. And if you've got a, a class where it's a bunch of young, you know, strong, careless kids. Whippersnappers. As whippersnappers as an open, maybe that's not the, the academy or the class for you. So obviously a professional like you mm -hmm. might help customize a, a plan for somebody who's a little older and more fragile. Mm -hmm. uh, makes yes. a lot of sense because you know, I have time. I see you at the gym frequently. I'm there once, maybe twice a week. That's what I have time for. Yeah, yeah. You know, because when I lift, and that's I have, awesome. If I have to operate on Monday, I've got. A, I can't lift on Sunday. You can't be sore. I can't be sore. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. I can't be sore. So Friday, Saturday is my lifting day, and that you know, given my schedule, once a once a week is my is really my heavy lifting day. Now, do you know anything about people with disabilities getting into? some kind of martial art uh, and maybe, uh, and, and then by extension, some type of fit, fitness program. Do you have any yeah. experience with that or advice you could give? I think every disability would have its own unique approach, right? Yeah. I, th I think that's, sure, that's, sure. that's how I Yeah, that's an awfully big, uh, yeah, 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 it's, a big, it's not one it's category, big, yeah. 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 Um, as far as, well, we'll start in one area, as far as say, autistic, Asperger's, stuff ah, like good that. Point, good point. I think absolutely wrestling, jujitsu, weightlifting seems to be the coolest, best thing possible. Um, it's socializing, it's normalizing, it's integration, it's putting your mind that may work a little different to a task that it could do very well with. I work with a handful of kids on the spectrum and from little to adult you know what i mean and and man some of them are the best wrestlers ever 
uh, it's it's, it's kind of crazy. And I'm like, and and some of them you also wouldn't know. You know what I mean? And and some you 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 would know. You so know? an experience. I'm gonna call you master coach. You could you could come up with a, an individual program for somebody. I think so. Based on your experience with them, spend some time with them, and yeah, and, and find a, a path for them. Maybe I certainly think so. I certainly That's think wonderful. so. Yeah, That's yeah, wonderful. And more by opportunity than me reaching out. More like, oh, this is this is an amazing young man to work with. Let's see what's going on. You know, and then and yeah, it's very cool. And then. You know, on the flip side, you kind of hear parents or other people say things and you're just like, well, okay, I understand how you think. You know what I mean? That's that's not true for this individual, you know, and we just keep keep bolstering and positive, 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 positive reinforcement. Right. And I found, too, like in that spectrum, uh, ADHD is kind of there, too. Not quite the same, but, you know, ish neurodivergent. Um, they're usually extremely hard on themselves. Mm. So, you know, a coach or a parent that's just like, you know, Timmy, why are you, why are you doing this? It's like more just finding what they do well and going, oh my gosh, Timmy, I'm really happy you did that. That was so great. And they'll gravitate towards the praise, right? Like the, the rest of it is them just trying to figure out how to communicate and interact. And they're excited is from what I can tell. It's a, it's, it's very, it's very, it's very cool. It's a very unique thing that I didn't know that I would have opportunities with either. Well, I'm glad with podcasts and social media that people may be able to find these resources yeah. a little easier now yeah. Yeah. than just word of mouth. Yes, agreed. But I tell you, I'm 61 years old. My This shoulder, I had to get it put back together, rotator cuff from yep. know, many, many hundreds or thousands of Americanas and kimonos <laughs> I went through. Yeah. I used to dread the jujitsu class where they'd say, all right, we're going to do Americanas. We're going to do 50 Americanas. And you have to tap every time it hurts. But by the end of the night, it's over here by the time you tap. Man, it hurts. It hurts already. We don't have to to keep doing this. Yeah, you know know how to do this. Personally, I I supplement mainly with weights. I get a lot of pleasure with weights. My aerobic capacity isn't what it used to be. And what people tell me, if you lift weights hard, there's a lot of aerobic uh, capacity that comes from that too. Agreed. Now, I see you doing a lot of body weight stuff and, and cable type of stuff mm-hmm. when you're at the gym. Now, you may be lifting heavy weights when I'm not looking, but I see you doing a lot of more more functional kind of exercises. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think it's a mix of everything. Um, originally, that the, the mix of most things, I do lift heavy too. Like I, I love deadlifting, bench, power clean, squat, um, overhead press. Heavy, heavy, really like heavy lat rows. Um, uh, I think the mix of everything originally came from more of how do I become a really good wrestler? Mm. Well, and then you look at, okay, well, what is the sport? Well, I need to be good with my body because it's my body versus another human's body, right? But then I need to somehow progress over that because I got to move not just me, but him, you know? Mm -hmm. So then there's obviously a need for strength of heavy lifts and such and, uh, um, I'm lucky enough to, to where when I was young, um, 11, I think 11 through 15, I was able to train at the Olympic training center for Olympic weightlifting at a satellite, uh, regional training center in Springfield, Missouri. So okay. I was learning clean and jerk and snatch right next to Pan Am's champion. Oh, this person's going to the Olympics next year. And oh, these coaches have already been to the Olympics and it's, it's pretty cool. So I had that exposure pretty young. Um, my dad, uh, Colonel Ryan Lathan, um, 
He's big into powerlifting. He's almost like a silverback gorilla. I think he benches like Still. 500 pounds. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, I think he's, he's in the fours now, but I think, yeah, probably five at a time. And, uh, and how old is he now? He's 50 right now. Yeah, yeah so he's 50. Uh, yeah, just, yeah, exceedingly strong human. So I think, you know, growing up, seeing him in the weight room lift heavyweights, like, I want to lift heavyweights. And then uh, we're not built quite the same. I don't bench quite what he does. But, uh, you know, liking liking that stuff. Um, but then I kind of came to a point where diminishing returns of, of the heavy, heavy lifts, at least for my sport. Sure. You know, and it's a, it's a weight class sport. Right. So, so in a weight class sport, hypertrophy, right? You get too big, well, I got to go up a weight class. Right. Or I got to cut all this back off. So what's the, what's what's the, the point, point in getting right. so big? So then it's like a function of... How do you get the fastest, the strongest, the most flexible, endurance, stamina, dexterity, mental acuity, technique, movement patterns, explosion to be the best of your weight class? So then probably what you, you see a lot of the stuff in that front area, um, maybe only a fifth is like heavyweights that I do. And then it's, you know, probably two, two fifths body weight stuff. Where are we at? Like a fifth of either cable or band work where it's a constant tension or an increase in tension because you know if like someone's got you in americana right that's a constant tension and it's changing so being able to work within irregular movements i think seems to be very beneficial um i do a lot of stuff with the french contrast theory which is a lot for sprinters and stuff stuff like that which is interesting quick synopsis is weighted movement, body weight movement, regressed body weight movement, accessory movement. And, and I'll play within that realm. And then I'll also do, I'll add to that like an extended range of motion theory where I'll do my regressed movement, like uh, um, say like a very, if I'm doing pec, like chest day, uh, I'll do like a very light banded, very deep uh, pec uh, pet crossover, right? So I'm right. get I'm getting the furthest points of the muscles working, right? And then I'll go with that, say a very heavy bench press, and then I'll go an explosive push up, and then on the same day, it, same I'll, I'll go that in a monster set. I'll go bop bop bop, and then probably after that an isometric. I think with that specific, I would do like an isometric chest thing, just personally where I'm at right now. Uh, so I think doing that type of acyclic training, like non cyclical work. I think as an athlete, athletic coach for almost any sport, I see the most gains with my athletes. Yeah, shocking the muscle. Uh, is yeah, it is it yeah. shocking the muscle or is it working it in a way that it's most opportune or primed to perform the best? That that's almost what I see. Like hitting it from every angle. Yeah, yeah. Like it. Because like if you it. if you just bench, you know, you're missing certain things. If I just do, you know, my pec flies, I'm missing certain things. If I just do push-ups, I'm missing certain things. But if I think about a wrestling match, well, my arm's extended and this right. guy's pulling on it. So there's my extended, oh, and I got to fight, you know, but it's probably not full. It's probably this give and take and then quick motion attack and I'm in. Well, now I'm in, but now it's, uh, uh, hold, heavy, metric. heavy, yeah, heavy. Yeah. And then it, then it's like release, quick move, release, quick move, and then slow down control, hold, then go, 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 go. So I, I do what I can to mimic as closely to what a wrestling match would be 
And then I later found out that it had names like French contrast theory or like acyclic training principles and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I kind of hey. reverse engineered this. You, yeah, know? you intuitively knew this. Yeah. Well, this is fascinating. I love it. Another thing I wanted to talk about was motivation. Okay. In life, it seems to me, having been around this sun a few times, that if you can just get motivated to do something, it's 99% of the battle. Like if I can just get to the gym yeah. or get to my workout room and, at home, which I yeah. don't use as much as I would like, I'm all right. But getting, you know, you get home from work, you're tired. Yep. Maybe you had a bad day. For whatever reason, you're not in the mood. <clears throat> and thank goodness I haven't had to deal with depression. Yeah. We all have friends and we know people who deal with depression. Myself. You know? Yourself. Myself. There you go. An organic. Especially seasonal. Seasonal. All these things. Do you have any hints, any suggestions for not just getting off the couch, but actually getting into something? Or you can, where you can do it not just once. Like like, like on New Year's Eve, everyone's yeah, going to yeah. eat, you know, yeah. New Year's, you know, in January, the first couple weeks of January, the gym is packed because yeah. everybody's got their... Their, their, their New Year's resolution, right? Yeah. And then by February, March, it's empty again. Right? Yeah. How do we, what have your, tr your tricks been in lifetime? Now that you share with me, you've had some, uh, some issues with this. How do you stay motivated? And how might other, might a regular person find motivation to, to start doing these helpful fitness building things that we've been talking about? Oof, that's so so many so so that's a great it's a question tough one, Ty. No, that's I, didn't get, I didn't say it would be easy no that's amazing that's that's an amazing question okay so motivation also comes from momentum so the first thing you said was how do i get myself to do one thing i think that's the key at least mm. for myself and okay. for anecdotally the people i train What's the simplest first step to take to go towards your goal, right? And maybe you don't even know a goal or have a goal, but I bet you know you should be active or you should, you, you, we kind of all know at least some of the things we should do, right? So I certainly struggle with wanting to go work out and everything else, you know, and I train twice a day, most five to six days a week and realistically three to four times a day, depending on what else is going on, just because I do one-on-one -on -one trainings and everything else. I'll sneak sure. in my own training with that. Um, lately for me, others inspire me quite a bit. Uh, other people that are seemingly in a similar situation or have had a similar background or what have you, seeing them do something makes me think, oh, wow, maybe I could do something like that. Maybe it's not that, but it's something like that. Um, social media, Instagram, I'll be, I'll be, I'll, I'll go, I'll go use the bathroom like in the morning, right? And if I don't want to go work out, because I usually do an AM training, try to get out the door first and kind of beat my, the negative thoughts early. Um, I'll watch like Joey Diaz just like yelling at me basically like, come on, get off your ass. Da, 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 da. <laughs> or, uh, Goggins or something. Yeah, yeah, and just, yeah, 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 and, and you know, and, and, and maybe it's not, maybe the ones that yell at you aren't for you. Maybe it's, you know, Hey, you're, you're doing great. You know, you're an amazing person. You're like, whatever, whatever it is, those little Instagram reels populate your life with things that keep you going the right direction. 
you know, this studio is gorgeous. You have, you know, all your nice signs, the nice brickwork and everything. The atmosphere makes a difference. You know, if you yeah. if the atmosphere around you is going to be full of distractions and things pulling you down, that's going to be tougher to battle. Set your shoes right next to your bed. Um, have your pre-workout or your, your coffee, whatever, set up next to you. Set yourself up for success for every little piece. If you know, man, when I get up, I lay in bed and don't move. You got to figure out something to force yourself to go take the first step. So um, I have cats. This is interesting. I think I literally just thought about this right now. I have cats and I have to feed my cats every morning. And if I don't, they yell and scream and make noise and they're great, but they will sure let me know they need to be fed. I have to get out of bed no matter what when I'm out of bed. You know, so even if mm. like seasonal depression or whatever is bothering me because it's dark out like almost always in Missouri once it hits December, uh, you know, I have to get out of bed and feed my cats. Well, I'm out of bed. Well, there are my shoes. I, I always have my coffee on a timer in the morning. So I'm like, oh, well, I already got coffee right. made. I don't have to do that. Well, all I really have to do is get in the car and go. Well, that's not that hard. I can get in the car and go, you know, and then just one one little thing. Um, You're saying healthy routines. Healthy routines. Build your atmosphere to be beneficial for you, right? Like wh- whatever that is, like not not watching something in the morning that's going to stick you on the couch, right? Watch something like man, I talk about Instagram reels all the time lately. Uh what, Put stuff in front of your face. If you know you're going to get on social media, we'll make it something good to look at, not right. something comparative or something that's going to drag you down. And I'm going to insert something here because we yeah. just had a, uh, had a podcast with a psychologist. Okay. It was about relationships. Okay. And you're with, if you're with a downer person, somebody that sucks the life out of your life. That makes it hard. You makes it hard. Get yeah. rid of them. Yeah. Get yeah. rid of them. Life's too short for this. So surrounding yourself with good people, I, I, I would throw in there. It's crucial. Yep. yep. 100%. Um, Something you hear, something you hear. It, it seems really, really, really stupid. But making your bed, you know, and dressing nice, putting on a tie, like kids, like uh, like you see kids in in elementary school. Maybe they come from disadvantaged backgrounds. Giving them a jacket and a tie and teaching yeah. them how to tie, yeah. tie a tie, yeah. tie, and <laughs> and setting up for that, that that's that that success. You know, I agree. So this sneaks into your life. Um. I like what you're saying about Instagram and stuff. I'm I'm also a trumpet player, and hey. it's hard. And you got to play an hour a day, dude. Otherwise, you're gonna lose it. Probably you're gonna lose it. So yeah. I, I find time to listen to great trumpet players. It's, it it cool. excites the hell out of me. I say I want to sound like this guy, and you'd be amazed at all the uh, educational tutorials and lessons that are that are out there. And and uh, it, I can find 20 minutes here and there if if I'm motivated. Yeah. But it goes in cycles. Um, of course. Any other tricks on on, on, on motivation? What, do you like keeping mirrors around or not? This one's controversial. I do, but I'm a little vain and like to look at myself. <laughs> I could see I could see a negative with mirrors, maybe, if you're if you have certainly a negative self-image of yourself and that's something that you're going to fixate on and then create this negative feedback loop right for me it's finding ways to prevent a negative feedback loop because i know when i'm down 
I, I think I'm at least semi-intelligent, I can really sell myself into everything is horrible. And I can go, oh, and, and I'm, I'm uh, big on thinking in steps of like, oh, this affects this and therefore this and therefore this because mm. I don't think that any, like even taking a sip of this coffee isn't just taking a sip of this coffee. Now I have energy, I have energy, so now I'm going to talk to you different if I didn't take the sip, right? right? So like every decision makes such a big difference. And I'm good at selling myself into very negative, negative thoughts. Like, oh, well, you're already, you're already 20 minutes late. Why would you go now? You know what I mean? You can't right, do your right, warm-up right. properly. You can't, and, and then I get stuck in that loop. So finding ways to prevent it is great. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and wrestling, kids will ask or adults will ask, hey, how do I get out of this tough spot You know, when they're, they're about to pin me or whatever? And I go... You don't let it happen. That, right, right. That like, and, 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 that's, and that's maybe a snide way to approach it. But right. it, it's true, uh, truthfully. Like, um, I'll, I'll extrapolate back to wrestling. Like why did I get mugged in this dark alley? Well, maybe if you didn't well, go in yeah, the dark it's, alley. If we can prevent the thing, well, let's, not, let's not encounter it. Uh, the, the Go back to MMA stuff, blocking 80% of the things that are going to beat you easily. I think that's in life. Block 80%. And I, I say 80 because 80 seems to be a simple spot to get to it seems tough or to get to like 100 like that's then the amount of effort and time that goes into that and you know is going to take too much of our brain but 80 percent of most things seem relatively simple and i think the the 80 20 or i've also heard 85 15 rule it's like 50 if you front load 15 to 20 percent of your work the rest of it almost takes care of itself and then you end up being in a good spot um i think that with with mental health the same way if i can and which I think is really motivation to work out and do anything yeah, else. Yeah, always right? mental health. Um, set set yourself up to prevent the bad things from happening. If you know, hey, when I wake up and I watch uh, a cartoon in the morning versus the news, this is me. Right, right. Uh, then if I watch the news, I feel prepared for the day, plugged into the community, ready to go. If I watch something that's like funny comedy then I'll, I'll probably watch something else that's funny comedy you know what i mean and, the, and then it's almost like I, I follow on the momentum instead of my trajectory that could have been somewhere else um and i'm going to finish yeah. up on a thought because this can yeah. get dangerous you're talking about avoiding bad things and i want to finish up uh not finish up but finish the thought on the mirror yeah people with body dysmorphic image no matter how skinny they are they think they're fat if if, if one is obese one beats oneself up seeing then by 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 avoiding the mirrors you can avoid these bad situations too so yeah i know that mirrors can be a double-edged sword and depending on where you're at in life it can be become very harmful so i just want to make sure people realize that that I, I i'm aware of this and that mirrors may be a very bad idea for some people i totally agree with you i think each each person is going to have different things that are going to trigger them to feel different feelings and yeah, I know multiple individuals that have body dysmorphia. Um, certain several people I've trained that man, this one guy we lost, not we, he lost. He lost over seventy pounds working with me, and his words would be like, "I don't even know if I look any different." And I'm like, "Dude, you right. went you went from two fifty to one eighty, and the the weights are moving more. You're not just right. lost the weight; you've gained muscle." Like, right, right. and it takes him seeing uh, another picture of himself and a picture now to really understand it. Um, yeah, it, it, it's really tough. So yeah, I would agree with you. In that situation, I would, I would avoid mirrors, right? I, I would avoid the things 
that are going to set you up for failure and, and figure out ways to set yourself up for success. Uh, for me, for the gym, and especially cold Missouri, and I do definitely deal with seasonal seasonal depression and maybe some other stuff during the year too, mm. um, the sauna is the best. I get to the gym. I know for a fact, even if I don't want to do anything else, I'm going to get there and I'm going to get in the sauna and I'm going to stretch a little bit the first 15, 20 minutes. At the minimum, I'm not cold and it was cold outside, right? And I stretched my body and I'm sure I'm sweating a little bit. Almost every time, even if I went in on like an active recovery day, I'm like, well, I'm going to go lift some weights now. Now I feel good because now the body's heated. I created more momentum and it's almost, I think it's almost like a cheat code if you can go sit in the sauna and sure. stretch because now sure. it, it does it for you. You know, you took a little caffeine or what have you to kind of amp your energy and now the body's hot. You didn't really have to go do the work to get warm. So, mm -hmm. so now, so now you feel good, you know, you're moving in, energy's going up and mm -hmm. then we, we go, go do some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I guess this is a good time to mention that, you know, not everybody can afford a gym. Not Truth. everybody can get to a gym. Truth. Um, I find I do my best thinking in the shower in the morning. It probably runs up my water bill a little bit, but I'll get in the shower and I shave in the shower and I start thinking and the yeah. greatest thoughts or the plans or whatnot even the plan for this studio i probably thought a lot of it in the shower and that gets you going warms up your muscles yeah something you can do without a without a gym i was very impressed by a, a clip i saw and there's a book uh maybe not written by a prisoner i think it was by a prisoner who got out uh -huh. and showed all these incredible exercises you can do with just a floor you know four by six foot floor and all the body weight exercises you can do, if you know the little tricks and whatnot, you can do amazing things with your body weight without a gym, right? Push-ups, pull-ups, pistol squats. That's all you need. And if you can't do a pistol squat, you do a two-foot squat. You know, I, it, pistol squat, that's, that's the one-leg thing. That's I the one-leg squat. I see you that's doing one on leg social squat. media that's the one somewhere. Leg squat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's it. Uh, like you said earlier, you see me do calisthenics stuff, body weight stuff mostly. That's, hey man, you, the only thing I think you have from the day you're born to the day you die is your body and yourself. Everything else can come and go. All other people can come and go. So in my thought process, I want to figure this thing out, you know? So, and that's where I come to, yeah, you, if you can, you can do some push-ups. if you can, and if you can't do a pull-up, you, there's so many variations you can do that are regressed, right? You don't have to do mm. a straight pull-up, you know, right, right, right. same thing with like a pistol you, squat. You just hang. You can just hang. Just hang if you're strong you, enough to oh, hang. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in, in, any of that stuff, any and all that stuff. Um, and like you said, a hot shower. Hot shower's good. I got a question for you. Sure. Why does everyone have the best thinking in the shower? Because me, too. My best, most epiphany ideas, yeah, 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 yeah. like, oh, I connected all the dots all at once. Boom, just happened right now. I, I don't know why, but I can tell you from personal experience, I have been in in float tanks yeah which is this magnesium salt it's essentially epsom salts they're so dense and we can't get in your eyes you gotta yeah. realize you lie down you can't get in your eyes but it supports you you only sink about halfway in yeah it's body temperature it's like just a couple degrees lower than 98 right okay. 96 degrees or whatever it's silent and i remember thinking of you know i, I could have ruled the world if I had been able to remember and write down all the stuff I thought of <laughs> yes. in that float tank. Yes. So what's so an invention? I wish maybe somebody's come up with this. You need a voice activated microphone in these things. So you can start dictating your ideas as they come. 
because I couldn't get out and write them down fast yeah. enough. But if I had a stream of consciousness, and that reminds me, maybe maybe I'm motivated now to go to an isolation tank with some kind of recording device and and uh, think these things through. I can't tell you why, but I can tell you there's very exciting brain research right now on where does consciousness come from and how can we think as brilliantly as we do versus computer chips, right? Mm -hmm. It turns out there might be something called quantum entanglement. Maybe there are quantum states. You know, birds apparently can use this to navigate. Um, it, it's a whole nother level uh, of information transfer and, 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 and association. Um, and maybe it helps the brain do these do these amazingly higher level things that we don't even know how to study for yet. We don't even have to. How do you test that this is happening? Well, people yeah. are starting to put their dip their toes in this water. Maybe the heat helps helps quantum entanglement. So there's That's a there's a far out thought. Yeah. But, but it, it is not uh, it is not a ridiculous thought at all. It's it's a very legitimate hypothesis. There's there's good. The physics is sound. We just need to find out if it happens. And Interesting. Happens. So is, is that like, I don't know enough about it, is that almost like an antenna? So I think of it almost like sometimes we're an antenna that can kind of reach a, a, a out. A connection to the universe in, in a more profound, deeper way. Perfect, exactly. Faster, more complicated, more in, in, information rich, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Connect into yeah. the ether of, of all other yes, all there, other there, beings. There, there may be the ether may not be a crazy concept either. I don't think it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Connectedness um, gets into Native Americans too. But I mean, but everything is alive in its own way. It's oh, not dead so. and alive. You know? I believe so. Maybe everything's alive. Well, this is all just electrons moving, right? And, and just, it's most and it's mainly <laughs> empty space too. Exactly, but somehow it's supporting us. You know. Yeah, very wild, very wild. Fantastic. Now, something you may not know about me, I used to be obese, and I have, uh, for the most part, been able to turn it around by learning about nutrition and learning that most of what we are taught about nutrition, especially when I was younger and in medical school, was completely wrong. Yeah, yeah. Food pyramid. <laughs> oh, it is ridiculous. Like, you know, fat is good for you. Cholesterol is probably neutral. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With all the, 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 the global warming fears and whatnot, people are all down on meat, but you know, I'm of the strong opinion that meat is the absolute best protein you can have. You know. I'm with you. I'm with yeah. You. So realizing that my, my thoughts might be a little out of the old mainstream, but I, I'm hoping to, that I'm bringing the mainstream along and that me and other uh, people in the know are, 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 are more science-based now and whatnot. So what are your thoughts on, on nutrition? So, it's a very, very, very good open, I'll, We'll open end question. with a small yeah. topic, Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A small um, topic. So, like you, 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 you said, you know, how meat you think is the best protein. It seemingly is the most complete protein that humans are built to have, right? Um, I think... We are physical animals in a physical universe, and life eats life on Earth. Yeah, it's not nice. It's not, it's, it's cruel. We can't, like, as much as we want to maybe not do that, and I understand that. I have pets. Sure, sure, uh, sure. Yeah. I'm totally sympathetic yeah. to the ethics of it. I'm it's very sympathetic. 
it is very simple. You know, you see a bald eagle go snatch something up. They don't worry about it. They got to eat. You see my little cute cats, Pongo, Nora, Toshi. Man, they'll go eat a mouse and just like, and it's, it, yeah, but then otherwise, oh, they're cuddly and purr and everything else. Yeah. So it seems like that dichotomy is just what this is, you know? Um, I think high protein, high vegetable, high fruit, low processed grains, um, if you certainly need carbohydrates, right? Uh, and based. Well, I would say if you're lean and fit like you, they have to have a huge, important role. Yes. I was going to say the, the bio. Inter- I'll stipulate that. Yes. Yes. The bioenergetics of what you're doing, right? The energy that your biology needs must match what your activities are. So wrestling is a very, you know, you're using a lot of your ATP system. You're losing, then you're using your lactic systems but you're not using as much as your of your long-term aerobic systems, right? So you kind of have to have a lot of sugar. And you'll see a lot of wrestlers, MMA fighters that do ingest a lot of sugar, but there, there's no way around it because without that energy, well, your, your, your performance is going to drop and it's not going to work. Uh, so it's uh, you have to eat to what you're doing. Um, I would say American diet, average diet is pretty poor. Uh, if you go to other countries where maybe they're not even as technologically advanced, but like they have the means to produce their own food, mm-hmm. seemingly don't have the health issues we have, right? They yeah. don't have the diabetes, the heart disease and all this stuff that we have. Um, there's probably being a more physical lifestyle too makes a difference, but good lean meats, good vegetables and fruits where they're not just a hundred percent, you know, processed and fertilized, um, avoid, stuff that's probably pre-packaged at, at, at mo- most often. Um, and, you know, good water, coffee, and some juices. I, I'm glad you threw the coffee. Yeah. Oh, you got to have energy. Whenever I saw I write nutrition plans, right? And a lot of times I base them for athletes that are going prepping for competition more than anything else. Um, I, I put in energy as like a, as, a, as a thing. Like in the morning, you know, have a banana, uh, water, uh, say a little bit of protein and then energy of choice so is coffee is pre-workout if it's a locale you know whatever and sure. yeah because because hey you you kind of need to get up and go sometimes and there's profound studies in caffeine how it helps a whole host of performance indicators i'm, I'm glad to hear that yeah, uh, yeah caffeine is one of the great joys in, in my life every morning every morning coffee otherwise i have to i don't know how else to get by yeah, and I'm sure as you've uh, been able to, to socialize with wrestlers from around the world, they're eating ethnic foods that their grandmothers made, that yep. their, their great-great-great-grandmothers made, that has been, been selected over the eons to be, to be good for them. You know? In Constanta, Romania, the fast food, the fried food I had, was like a squid leg fried lightly. And I was like, well, this is just like really good whole calamari. And that was, okay. yeah, like, uh, like that was, that was everything. That was every, if so it, even their fast food was good, food. was good food. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, this is how everyone else eats. No wonder there's not issues. Right. It's a, it's, it's certainly, they, they stick more to their cultural ethnic foods and, you know, maybe America being so young, we don't have as much of that. Uh, our cultural foods are cowboy foods, I guess. You know, hamburgers, hot dogs. Which, hey, my grandpa raises Angus beef. I'm all about all about beef. No, no, no dis, no, no beef. dis on that. Yeah, of course. Um, but 
you know, when it's beef from, say, a fast food joint versus beef that, you know, your grandma cooked, that's a, that's a different thing. That's a different yeah. thing entirely. And there's certainly an argument to be made for grass-fed, pasture, pastured beef rather than CAFO I think animals. so. Yeah. And, and, and maybe there's a healthy balance between yeah. these two where we don't have to get rid of meat, but maybe have some, some thought of the ecology yeah. of where it comes from. And maybe yeah. that's better meat, too. Yeah. Maybe Ooh. there's better energy, if, if nothing else. And, you know, I don't know. This is interesting. So uh, Hindu religion is big on this. Um, and I, I, I'm Catholic, but I definitely learn from, I think, everyone. Sure. I uh, actually really, really like the Bhagavad Gita. And there's a lot of stuff that plays through my head in there, which is interesting. Um, but with with them, the preparer imbues energy into the food right so like you know when mom says hey you know it's extra special because the secret ingredients love there's like a real truth to that and i'm growingly believing this as since i've heard it right and i kind of I, I gravitate towards that stuff anyways but the more and more i think about it the more and more it feels true um if you kill an animal and they were able to feel all this fear it affects the meat Sure. Right. For sure. And we know that. We know that for a fact. In, in kosher. Yeah. The yeah. knife better be perfectly sharp. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and we know that does actually affect it. And it makes sense because you got cortisol, homocysteines, everything go up, right? Sure. It's, it's going to affect what the, what happens. Um. So then, you know, why would the energy of the human preparing it not matter? You know, do you want, you know, an unhappy individual working a fast food job they dislike, you know, uh you know, dishing you a burger, or even if it's the same burger, but someone lovingly prepared it for you, the energy, at least in my opinion, and I think so, several others, uh, the energy you receive is so much greater, and, and you're keeping on these positive vibrations and going in the right direction. And uh, one of my friends from Romania, who I knew before going over there, uh, Flavius Power, he's a personal trainer, He his words are, uh, like energies attract, right? So, if you're ingesting good energy, I think you're putting more good energy out as well to then attract more good energy in. Kind of like the negative feedback loop I was talking about earlier. It's a positive feedback loop, but through action and, and in food and what you eat and then put out afterwards. Well, that's fantastic. So Ty, I want to thank you for your positive energy. Uh, what a pleasure it is to meet you and, and uh, grow a friendship with you and uh, to know that you're a resource for the community here for, for training, for yes. fitness, for our kids. Um, and I'm just going to call you a force for good. Hey, thank you, Gil. It's a pleasure meeting thank you, you Ty. Thank, thank you for, for sharing, your, sharing your time with us today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, last little things. Okay. You can follow me on Instagram is where I put most of my stuff out at the coach Ty. Uh, look out for martial art of wrestling clinics and seminars within the mid-Missouri area. Also, my uncle Jeremy, uh, who co-wrote and co-produced the movie Fantasy Football, is streaming now on Paramount+. Plus, So that's pretty cool, too. Also, Downside Up, uh, music on Spotify, and Nick Danger music on Spotify. I think that's everything. Good for you. Good yeah. plugs. Yeah, I got to plug everybody. Got to plug everybody. Good for you. Share cool. the love. Yes. Thank yeah. you, Gil. Thanks again, Tom. Have a great one.